From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. On TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And make sure you subscribe to that YouTube channel. We got a lot of cool shit coming to the YouTube channel you don't want to miss out on. I hope everyone had a great, great, great weekend this weekend. But we're going to start the weekend off right. We're going to start this Halloween weekend off right. And on some Michael Myers shit, we're going to kill it this podcast. Let's talk about last night's Impact Wrestling. Let's talk about AEW Rampage tonight. And I am going to dive deep into the history of Ring of Honor because that has been in the news, the video library, the history, the roster, everything that you need to know about Ring of Honor. We'll talk all about that today. Of course, I'm going to give you my news and notes around the wrestling world like I always do, including some controversies that I have yet to talk about. So let's get the show started right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for letting me into your morning routine. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Coming to the podcast again, we'll be talking about classic wrestling reviews, the shit that made this show famous. We're going to be talking all about classic wrestling reviews coming up next week. We have a lot to talk about this week, though, so don't worry. We're about to get into all of it right now, so strap in your car seat, ride with the wrestling DeLorean, and let's go back in time to 2002. 2002, when a little company of independent standouts all came together and formed Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor had very humble beginnings, you know. Ring of Honor stemming from the... It was the predecessor. It was the the child of ECW, basically. 
Ring of Honor being booked by Gabe Sapolsky, the protege of Paul Heyman during the ECW days. He really made this the the destination for the independents. He really made this the super indie, the very first super indie on a during a landscape of just nothing else out there, right? So you were either watching the WWE or you were watching nothing because WCW went out of business, ECW went out of business, and you had all this talent, all this crop of talent, all in the WWE. And if you weren't in that talent in the WWE, you there was no place to go. There was no TNA yet for another couple months. And in 2002, in the Murphy Rec Center, I believe it was February, Ring of Honor was born. And on this show, you had guys who are now synonymous household names in professional wrestling. The main event was main evented by Christopher Daniels, Loki, and Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson. The co-main event was Super Crazy versus Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero off of a Stints with WWF. Before he goes back, he spent some time here in Ring of Honor. And him not main eventing this show was really significant. Because Eddie Guerrero could have easily been the main event. Because he was easily the biggest star on that roster for that first show. But Ring of Honor was about the future generation of professional wrestling. So what did they do? They put Eddie Guerrero on the marquee to make you buy a ticket. But while you're in there, you're going to see one hell of a main event between three indie standouts. Low-key, Christopher Daniels, and Brian Danielson. Great fucking show. The opening matchup was Amazing Red versus Jay Briscoe. The show was called The Era of Honor Begins. Now, throughout the years, you know... The early years, you had a lot, a lot, a lot of household name talent today make their start in Ring of Honor. In the early days, low-key, Homicide, Christopher Daniels, Brian Danielson, Spanky, Paul London, AJ Styles, The Amazing Red, Samoa Joe, who put that company on his back and became a Two-year champion. When in a time where the belt was being hot-shotted around in WWE, in a time where TNA's NWA title was being hot-shotted around, Samoa Joe held the World Heavyweight Champion for Ring of Honor for over two years. Having classic matchups against guys like Austin Aries, guys like Roderick Strong, Guys like CM Punk, guys like Cole Cabana, Homicide. This was what really put ROH on the map. Samoa Joe put that company on his back and fucking took it to the next level. Every single time Ring of Honor was rated for talent, they made the next crop of talent. In the early days, AJ Styles, Paul London... Low-key, spanky, these were the top guys. 
And as these guys went to TNA and WWE and plied their craft on a bigger stage, then you had the guys like CM Punk, Samoa Joe, Cole Cabana, Homicide, Brian Danielson step up. And then when TNA got the Samoa Joes and the Austin Aries and the Roderick Strongs, you had the CM Punks, you had the James Gibsons, you had the Generation Next, the Jimmy Raves, the the Alex Shelley's, and then as CM Punk goes to WWE, as all these guys continue to move on, then Brian Danielson and Nigel McGuinness take over and they take ROH to the next level. In 2007, Ring of Honor starts running pay-per-views on taped pay-per-views on in-demand television. And on the very first show, it was called Driven, Ring of Honor produced Nigel McGuinness versus Brian Danielson in what was an absolute classic. These two would continue to feud and have the, probably one of the best feuds in Ring of Honor history. But on the other side, you had the tag division. And in the tag division, you had the Briscoe brothers who were there from day one killing it. And on the second pay-per-view, you had an iconic, iconic, iconic ladder match, ladder war one between the Briscoe brothers, Kevin Steen, a.k.a. Kevin Owens, and El Generico, a.k.a. Sami Zayn, which was an absolute bloodbath. And the ending of the show had the debut of the Age of the Fall, who was Jimmy Jacobs, Tyler Black, a.k.a. Seth Rollins. You had Brody Lee there. Insane. It just shows that every single time top talent left Ring of Honor, it was always replenished with more top talent. It was always next guy up. Who's next up? Years go on. As the Nigel McGuinnesses and the Brian Danielsons leave Ring of Honor, you have Seth Rollins step up. You have Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards step up. You have Kevin Steen step up. El Generico and Roderick Strong step up. And then as that whole regime of ROH move on, as the Kevin Owens... And the Sami Zayn's get signed. And the Davey Richards and the Eddie Edwards leave. You have the Adam Cole step up. You have the Young Bucks step up. You have Cody Rhodes come in. You have Jay Lethal step up and become a top star in professional wrestling. And they start a partnership with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Bringing in the Bullet Club to a uh, ROH, right? So... The Bullet Club in Ring of Honor was quite significant because they were the main attraction from 2014 to about 2019. They were the top attraction. Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Adam Cole, Marty Skrull, Adam Hangman Page. With the New Japan Bullet Club often making their way to the United States, having... um. AJ Styles having uh, Tungaloa and Tamatanga. Even before that, having Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows. See, 
this is where Ring of Honor, I think, kind of messed up. They made their whole, whole, whole operation centered behind the popular Bullet Club. And that's where things start to crumble a little bit. Because as Ring of Honor was riding a high, there was a ceiling. And that ceiling came with All In. Now, when All In happened, you cannot take away the efforts of Ring of Honor. You cannot take away the amount of hard work and effort that Ring of Honor had to do with with All In. Now, the... The narrative is All In was made, brought to you by Cody and the Bucks. But, Cody and the Bucks had Ring of Honor there helping them out, renting the building, giving them the ring, setting up the insurances and all that other shit, right? So, it was really Ring of Honor that was the one that went All In. But, at the end of the day... Ring of Honor also did not have that next talent ready to take the place of the Bullet Club. They put all their cards on the table. All their eggs are in one basket. They're pushing the Bullet Club. They're pushing the elites. And that's where things started to take a turn for the worse. Because come the end of 2018, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks... Adam Page, SCU, all these talents are up for contract and AEW is ready to start. Tony Khan, he he starts AEW, he gets all these guys to come over, makes the elite EVPs and Ring of Honor was not necessarily ready to have that next crop of talent step up, but they were forced to. See, throughout the years, Ring of Honor never really went all in on one or two entities. Ring of Honor was building entities while they were having their main storylines on top. But as you had the Brian Danielsons on top, you had the Nigel McGuinnesses ready to take that title. When you had the Kevin Steens running Rubshot and Scum running Rubshot in Ring of Honor, you was building Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly to be those next top guys. Ring of Honor went all in on the Bullet Club here. So when you lose the Elite, when you lose the Bullet Club, when you lose SCU, you're losing not only your most popular talent, but your most over-talent. And in 2019, Ring of Honor was about to go all in again and run Madison Square Garden. Ring of Honor peaked at Madison Square Garden. Ring of Honor and New Japan peaked at Madison Square Garden. Because those tickets were sold when the Elite were still signed. And the original plans was for Okada versus Omega in the United States inside MSG. Everybody wanted to see it. The Young Bucks were supposed to be a part of that show. Cody Rhodes was supposed to be a part of that show. But... Ring of Honor were unable to re-sign them, and they still had to do this Madison Square Garden show. On this show, it was a great show, but on this show, you had the chance to take your popular 
talent that are still with the company, take them to the next level, but that is not what happened. Ring of Honor had the opportunity to take Marty Skrull and make him a world champion. That's not what happened. Ring of Honor started to, I guess, feel themselves a little bit. You know what I mean? Can you blame them? You lose all your talent, but then at the end of the day, you weren't ready to have that next crop of talent step up. A lot of great signings from Ring of Honor came out of the next couple years. You know, you got the Banditos, you got the Rooshes, you got the Dragon Lees, you got the Jonathan Greshams, the Brody Kings, the Tony Deppins, and this is all great talent. But Ring of Honor lost their spot to AEW. Ring of Honor lost their spot to the guys that they put all their fucking eggs in one basket in for. They lost their spot to the elites. And it's a shame. Because now we're at a part in history where we may lose one of the most influential wrestling companies of all time. Ring of Honor is one of the most influential wrestling companies of all time. There is no NXT if there was no Ring of Honor. There is no AEW if there was no Ring of Honor. These super indies now like GCW, PWG, Ring of Honor was the Ring of Honor was the fucking template. So if Ring of Honor does indeed go away. If this is it, if they fold up, if they close up shop, then there's going to be a massive, massive void in professional wrestling. Yes, I would love to see guys like the Briscoes uh, have a run in AEW. Yes, I'd love to see Jonathan Gresham versus Brian Danielson and Jay Lethal in the WWE, but... I don't want to see Ring of Honor go out of business at the expense of this. If Ring of Honor could work partnerships with other companies, that would be something. But for Ring of Honor to go out of business, one, you're losing a lot of history. Two, you're losing a place for the boys to get paid. And three, a lot of people on the production side, the backstage a lot of people that make the show happen are going to be losing their jobs. They're going to be unemployed during a time period where the world is going through a pandemic, and that is not okay. It is extremely sad if Ring of Honor does go out of business. Now, I know they're saying that they're going to run again in April of 2022, but a company that is going to be running again in April of 2022, a couple months away... They're not getting rid of the entire roster. They're not selling the video library like they are right now. The video library for Ring of Honor is up to the highest bidder. Leaving companies like AEW and WWE to swoop in and buy the video library and the history of this company. Now, when WWE sold their video library to Peacock, I said, how can you run a company when you don't even own your own history? How will Ring of Honor be able to run if WWE owns their history? How would Ring of Honor be able to show their classic 
rich, rich history if AEW gets a paycheck every single time that video is used. Ring of Honor, I think, needs to hold on to their video library because it may be the only thing they have left at this point. They don't have a roster. The roster's all been released. Come January 1st, everyone under contract would no longer be under contract with Ring of Honor. They don't have anything else but their video library. And if Ring of Honor does eventually come back, if they do rise like a phoenix from the ashes of this pandemic, then the best thing they could do is hold on to their history and continue to move forward come April 2022. There's going to be a lot of changes made in Ring of Honor. What those changes are, I don't know. But I pray that there is a Ring of Honor come April 2022. And that's my history with ROH. In 2007, I was falling out of love with professional wrestling. And I bought the Driven pay-per-view because I never heard of Ring of Honor. And I wanted to see what this ROH wrestling was. And Nigel McGuinness versus Brian Danielson made me fall back in love with professional wrestling. I brought the next pay-per-view, watched Man Up, it was called, Man Up, ladder war between Kevin Steen and El Generico versus the Briscoe Brothers, and I was fully invested in this company. And from 2007 to 2021, Ring of Honor was my favorite company. I've been to... More shows, more Ring of Honor shows than any other company I've ever been to. I've seen about three or four Impact Wrestling shows, been to the WWE a handful of times. I wouldn't miss a Ring of Honor New York show. I went to them all. I traveled to other states to see Ring of Honor. Never did that for any other fucking wrestling show. I bus tripped it. To Philly. Numerous times. To see Ring of Honor. I traveled. Via plane. To see Ring of Honor. So you're talking to a Ring of Honor. diehard fan. The last thing I would ever want. Is for another company to go out of business. The last thing I would ever want. Is for Ring of Honor. To sell their video library. To a company like the WWE. Just to profiteer. Off of the history of Ring of Honor. If anyone should profiteer off of the history of Ring of Honor, it should be Ring of Honor. It will be a sad, sad day if this company does go away. But, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Tonight, AEW Rampage will be on TNT, 10 o'clock Eastern. I'm definitely not going to miss this show. I'm hearing from people that were there that Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson is one of the best matches AEW put on this year. Now, AEW put on some phenomenal matches. The fucking 
Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega match, amazing. The Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks, amazing. But people are really saying that seeing this match live, no spoilers here, but people said that Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston tore the fucking house down. I'm definitely going to check that out. I can't wait to see that tonight. I'm going to be fully invested. Another match that I'm really excited for is Dante Martin versus Matt Seidel. Now, originally, I was excited to see Dante Martin and Leo Rush versus the Seidel brothers, but Mike Seidel's injured, so we're getting Dante versus uh, Matt. I would even like better if we got uh, Leo Rush versus Matt, but I'm sure that's down the line. They're building up to that. A lot of shit talk on Leo Rush's side about Matt Seidel. We're going to be also getting a... Number one contender street fight, Halloween street fight between Abaddon and Britt Baker. That should be a good matchup. AEW Rampage, really good show. Really good show. The fastest hour of professional wrestling. The problem with AEW Rampage, though, is the time slot. I thoroughly believe if they had a better time slot, that they would be definitely higher in the ratings. AEW Rampage does not... Like, the, the ratings that AEW Rampage gets does not reflect the type of show that it is. It's constantly a amazing show. And if you're putting on an amazing show and you're only getting 500,000 viewers, it's probably because you're 10 o'clock on a fucking Friday. You know what I mean? And it's a shame that you're 10 o'clock on a Friday. I would have loved if AEW was even on a Saturday. If AEW Rampage was Saturday, 6.05, think about the history there. But if AEW Rampage was maybe at 7 o'clock, I think that would work a lot better. If you don't want to compete with SmackDown, then don't compete with SmackDown. But you don't have to be after SmackDown. Why not be before SmackDown? AEW Rampage at 7 o'clock may bring in a lot more people, a lot more ratings, but I don't know if 7 o'clock is necessarily prime time. I don't know. To be honest, I just think that there has to be a better time slot for AEW Rampage because it's not getting the roses it deserves. It's not getting the shine it deserves. But there's another side to the argument when AEW Rampage announced, well, when they were teasing CM Punk's debut and CM Punk debuted, AEW Rampage was in the millions, outdoing some episodes of AEW Dynamite. So I guess if you compel the people that much and you bring the people, they will come. If you build it, they will come. So, I, I, I don't know, man. I, at this point, I just think that AEW Rampage, they, it's not the show, man. I think it's definitely the time slot. And I'm not an AEW apologist. I'm not going to be making excuses for them. But the show's great. It's just the time slot. But I'm going to be tuning in. Last night, Impact Wrestling put on a great show. They're announcing it will be Minoru Suzuki versus Josh Alexander next week on Impact Wrestling. That should be phenomenal. We had Moose's state of address as the new world champion. Moose is saying that he is the top champion in professional wrestling. He calls out the elite. He calls out Roman Reigns. He calls out the New Day. He's making it well known that it don't matter where you're from. I'm the top guy, and I think that's great. Moose is definitely a superstar and well-deserves to hold that champion. He he definitely been held down for too long in Impact Wrestling. 
The guy has been a champion caliber star for the last three to four years, and I'm finally happy that they gave him this title and let him boast a little bit. The guy deserves it, right? Moose is going to, I think right now, Moose is going to be a great champion for Impact. If Impact does profiteer off of the roster of Ring of Honor being released, and if they do get guys like the Briscoes, or they get guys like Dalton Castle, if they get guys like Jay Lethal, or guys like Jonathan Gresham, or Brody King, I think Impact Wrestling could be in a great position going forward, and Moose being the flag holder in Impact Wrestling is a good decision, a great idea. I'm all for it. Make sure you go out of your way to watch Impact Wrestling on Access TV every Thursday, 8 o'clock Eastern. It's a very consistently great show. You don't want to miss it. Really good stuff coming out of Impact Wrestling right now. Off the heels of a really good Bound for Glory pay-per-view. Go out of your way. Support Impact Wrestling. Like I said, next week on the show, we'll be bringing back the fight for Monday night. We'll be bringing back making an impact. We'll be bringing back This Is Extreme. We'll be talking all about the classic wrestling shit that made this podcast possible. So... I hope everyone has a great weekend, a safe weekend. Happy Halloween to everybody. Stay safe out there. You know, she could get a little crazy on Halloween. I hope everyone stays safe. Enjoy your weekend. And catch me here on Monday here, Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. TikTok, Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And subscribe to the YouTube channel. Peace out. One love. I love you guys. Thank you so much for following and riding along with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 